0: Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of The Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's wonderful, never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always-and-forever love. Welcome to the show. It's nearly Easter, so to celebrate we thought, what if I read you some Easter stories? But before I do, I wanted to tell you another quick story. In 1999, the Pulitzer Prize for Drama was awarded to a play written by an Atlanta kindergarten teacher. Her name, Margaret Edson. It was her first and only play. It's called Wit. Perhaps you saw it on the stage, or you may have seen the HBO special with Emma Thompson. I was fortunate enough to see a performance on Broadway. Anyway, the reason I'm telling you all this is that there was this part in the play that i've never forgotten the play features a first person narrative of dr vivian baring dr baring is a professor with a speciality in the 17th century metaphysical poetry of john Donne. vivian is terminally ill with cancer and in hospital and her former professor ashford is visiting her at one point in the scene Dr. Vivian recites lines from John Donne's famous sonnet, Death, Be Not Proud. Death, be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those whom thou think'st thou dost overthrow, die not, poor death, nor yet canst thou kill me. From rest and sleep, which but thy pictures be, much pleasure. Then from thee, much more must flow, and soonest our best men with thee do go, rest of their bones and souls delivery. Thou art slave to fate, chance, kings and desperate men, and dust with poison, war and sickness dwell, and poppy your charms can make us sleep as well, and better than thy stroke. Why swellest thou then? One short sleep past, we wake eternally, and death shall be no more, death, thou shalt die. But Vivian's former professor Ashford corrects her. She tells Vivian that she didn't read the poem correctly because she didn't give sufficient attention to the meaning of the punctuation. Dunn doesn't write those lines of poetry using a period or a full stop, the professor tells her. He only uses a comma. And then Ashford says this quote, nothing but a breath a comma separates life from life everlasting it is very simple really with the original punctuation restored death is no longer something to act out on a stage with exclamation points it's a comma a pause life comma death soul comma god past comma present Not insuperable barriers, not semicolons, just a comma. Death is just a comma, a pause, nothing but a breath. It's the great good news of Easter. The power of death is broken. And as the great preacher Charles Spurgeon said, Jesus has turned the tomb into a bed and dying into just waking up. One short sleep past, comma, we wake eternally, and death shall be no more, comma, death, thou shalt die. We will still die, of course, but after we die, we'll wake, as if from a refreshing night's sleep, Spurgeon tells us, and Jesus will lead us by the hand into life that won't ever end. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying, John 11 verse 25 that is a truth we can hang on to even as we walk through pain and suffering even as we see all the brokenness in the world it's the truth at the center of the Easter story so reading to you now from the first two of the five Easter stories in the Jesus Storybook Bible I hope you'll tune in for the other three next week to get the full story Anyway, here we go. If you want to follow along in the book, I'll be starting with Washed with Tears, which you'll find on page 280. Washed with Tears. A sinful woman anoints Jesus. From Mark 14, Luke 7 and John 12. One night, Jesus went to dinner at an important leader's house. The important leader invited his important friends. They were all just sitting down to eat when a woman walked in. She was not invited, but everyone knew who she was. Who does she think she is? The guests whispered. How dare she? The woman was a big sinner and everyone knew it. It was easy to see, after all, she'd broken the rules and done bad things. The woman walked straight up to Jesus she was carrying very expensive perfume. Now, the thing about perfume back then was that it didn't come in bottles, it came in jars, and the jars were made out of precious stone, like alabaster. But here's the catch, the jars didn't have a lid or a stopper or anything, so the only way you got the perfume out was if you broke the jar. Once you broke the jar, that was it. You had no more most people didn't use perfume because it was too precious. They just kept it on a shelf and looked at it. So you see, this perfume was her most precious thing in all the world. It was her treasure. The woman knelt down before Jesus like he was a king. She held Jesus's feet in her hands and started to cry. Her tears fell onto Jesus's feet, washing them. She kissed his feet dried them with her long dark hair and then she did something strange. She broke the jar and poured the perfume all over his feet. Everyone gasped, what a waste over someone's feet, such expensive perfume. It smelled like lilies in a summer field. Jesus looked at the woman and he smiled at her. What she had done was the most wonderful thing. Just as Samuel had anointed David, God's true king, all those years before, so this woman had anointed Jesus, not with oil, but with her tears. The important people were cross. They thought Jesus should not be kind to this woman. That woman is a sinner, they grumbled. We're the good ones. And it's true. They did look good from the outside, After all, they were keeping all the rules. But Jesus could see inside people and inside, in their hearts, Jesus saw that they did not love God or other people. They were running away from God and they thought they didn't need a rescuer. They thought they were good enough because they kept the rules. But sin had stopped their hearts from working properly and their hearts were hard and cold. This woman knows she's a sinner, Jesus told them. She knows she'll never be good enough. She knows she needs me to rescue her. That's why she loves me so much. You look down on this woman because you don't look up to God. She is sinful on the outside, but you are sinful on the inside. The important people shook with anger. Jesus turned to the woman and smiled. Your sins are forgiven, he said. You trusted me and God has rescued you. Who does Jesus think he is? The important people whispered. Only God can forgive sins. They didn't believe Jesus was God's son. The more Jesus loved people and helped them, the more the important people and leaders hated him. They were afraid people would follow Jesus instead of them. They were jealous and angry, angry enough to kill Jesus. The Servant King The Last Supper from Mark 4 and John 13 and 14 It was Passover, the time when God's people remembered how God had rescued them from being slaves in Egypt. Every year, They killed a lamb and ate it. The lamb died instead of us, they would say. But this Passover, God was getting ready for an even greater rescue. Jesus and his friends were having the Passover meal together in an upstairs room. But Jesus' friends were arguing. What about? They were arguing about stinky feet. Stinky feet? Yes, that's right. Stinky feet. Now, the thing about feet back then was that people didn't wear shoes. They only wore sandals, which might not sound unusual, except that the streets in those days were dirty. And I don't mean just dusty, dirty. I mean really stinky, dirty. With all those cows and horses everywhere, well, you can imagine the stuff on the street that ended up on their feet. So anyway, someone had to wash away the dirt. But it was a dreadful job. Who on earth would ever dream of volunteering to do it? Only the lowliest servant. I'm not the servant, Peter said. Nor am I, said Matthew. Quietly, Jesus got up from the table, took off his robe, picked up a basin of water, knelt down and started to wash his friend's feet. You can't, Peter said. He didn't understand about Jesus being the servant king. If you don't let me wash away the dirt, Peter, Jesus said, you can't be close to me. Jesus knew that what people needed most was to be clean on the inside. All the dirt on their feet was nothing compared to the sin inside their hearts. Then wash me, Lord, Peter said, tears filling his eyes. All of me, One by one, Jesus washed everyone's feet. I am doing this because I love you, Jesus explained. Do this for each other. One of Jesus' friends had made a bad plan. No one else knew what the bad plan was. But Jesus knew, and so did Judas. Judas was going to help the leaders capture Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Go on, Judas, Jesus said. And Judas got up from the meal, left the room, and walked out into the night. Then Jesus picked up some bread and broke it. He gave it to his friends. He picked up a cup of wine and thanked God for it. He poured it out and shared it. My body is like this bread. It will break, Jesus told them. This cup of wine is like my blood. It will pour out. But this is how God will rescue the whole world. My life will break, and God's broken world will mend. My heart will tear apart, and your hearts will heal. Just as the Passover lamb died, so now I will die instead of you. My blood will wash away all of your sins, and you'll be clean on the inside, in your hearts. So whenever you eat and drink, remember, Jesus said, I've rescued you. Jesus knew it was nearly time for him to leave the world and to go back to God. I won't be with you long, he said. You're going to be very sad, but God's helper will come. And then you'll be filled up with a forever happiness that won't ever leave. So don't be afraid. You are my friends. And I love you. And then they sang their favorite song and walked up to their favorite place, an olive garden. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Jones and at jesus underscore storybook underscore bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love.